Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner, where we speak with other coaches and people who inspire, move, and motivate people to action. Listeners will learn about coaching and the many coaching niches and have an opportunity to ask questions of the many wonderful coaches who are my guests. We'll also take your questions and you might even have the opportunity for live coaching right here on the show. I'm Coach Andrew from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people transitioning from corporate America to entrepreneurship. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com. If you're listening live and you want to call in with a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. We also have a live chat room right here on the show page, so feel free to join in. My guest tonight is Kim Addis of Frame of Mind Coaching. Kim is an MBA, the president of Frame of Mind Coaching, and is one of North America's foremost experts on performance through thought management. By using her unique process of coaching through journaling, she works with clients to unveil and switch their thought patterns to ignite significant change and life transformation. She is now teaching this process to coaches all over the world for use with their clients. Kim is also the creator of the Journal Engine software, a brilliant tool being used by coaches, trainers, mental health practitioners, teachers, managers, and human resource staff. Kim, are you with us? I am. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here. Oh, great to have you. I really, really appreciate you being on my show. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, Kim, you, this is, you have uh, some kind of unusual stuff going on I've, I've never heard of until today when I learned about you. Journal journaling as a coaching tool i mean i've heard about it we all do some sort of journaling but as a major part of coaching i'd like to hear about that okay well here's how we coach people and here's where that comes from um i'll tell you about kind of the process of coaching and then where where it originated um what we do is we have 10-week coaching programs with people and so there's a call once a week for 10 weeks But then every single day for the duration of the coaching period, we ask our clients to journal in an online journal. No days off, no weekends, no vacations. And we have access to the online journal. So they come onto our site, and there's a journal uh, waiting for them that's just for them, nobody else. And I'm able to read the journal as their coach throughout the week. So I would read their journal four or five, sometimes six times a week, and follow the progress along the way. And what am I looking for? Here's, here's where frame of mind coaching uh, comes in. Our belief is that people's lives are a function of their thinking. So the experiences that they have in their lives are a result of the way they perceive them, except that we don't often know what people's perceptions are, what their beliefs are, what their thinking patterns are. When we coach them, we maybe coach them for an hour and we get that little snippet, but we don't follow them throughout their their week and their day and their experiences, and we don't understand very well what their triggers are for happiness or their triggers are for feeling bad about themselves. And we need to understand those triggers before we can help them move from one place to the next. And the journal allows us to do that. So why every single day? Well, because you don't take a break from your thinking. And we're trying to capture thought patterns and beliefs. So that's how we do it. And it's fascinating because um, as they're journaling, we're working through the process. So I will read their journal and make a comment 
on what I read, perhaps ask a question, provide some guidance, some insight, etc. So they're not getting coached just once a week. They're getting coached virtually five or six times a week. Wow, that's that's really unheard of. It is unheard of. It's amazing. Now, and the first thing that comes to my mind is how do you get people to really do this on a daily basis? How do you do, you do something to to help them, uh, remind them, nudge them? <laughs> well, there are a few there are a few parts to it, right? So, the deal is when they agree, when they when they hire any one of our coaches for coaching, the deal is I will journal every day. So that's the agreement. And the other part of the agreement is that if I don't get journals, then I I'm not I'm not in a position to help them as effectively. So we come to the table with that understanding. So that's part A. Part B is the habit part, right? Because if they're, they've never journaled before and all of a sudden they have this new thing to do, it becomes perhaps a little challenging. And so they get reminders if they don't journal. And certainly if I'm up you know, on to the site because I have multiple clients and I see that they haven't journaled, I will send them an email saying, hey, I'm here, I'm reading, where are you? And it's just a friendly reminder. It's just a, it, like you said, it's a nudge, but it's it's a call back. So imagine you're writing in your journal, but what we would call this is the journal that talks back, mm. right? And part of the draw of it is that conversation. So my clients can't wait for me to read their journals and respond. And so when there is that response, that's what creates a conversation, and they keep writing as a result. Okay, so you're continuing involvement, reading, responding is creating that relationship uh, and creating the continuity of writing for them. Right. It's kind of like, you know, when you're on instant messenger and someone says hello and you say hello and then they say the next thing and then you say the next thing and then they say the next thing and it goes on and on and you don't really want to hang up yet. Right. Same idea. Same idea. Except that what we're doing is in their writing, we're able to see patterns and when you're trained to see patterns, all of a sudden you can show them their own patterns of thought that block them from achieving the goals they want to achieve. Have you uh, ever worked with anybody who really couldn't uh, type very well? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I've worked with people who don't speak English as a first language, mm. and I work with people who um, – it's funny, I'm working with a guy right now who probably – I would call him, uh, you know, put him in the genius category. His spelling is atrocious. So, yes, all kinds of people. Luckily, our system also has a spell checker, so it's not a big deal. Okay. Those are the kinds of things I think about. Yeah, that's funny. Now, here in New New York, in case you can't tell from my sound. I can. (laughs) And, uh, you know, in in, in New York, you might not do the friendly nudge. You might make them an offer they can't refuse. There you go. <laughs> I might want to learn a few of those tips if you want to spend some time with me on the side. That would be great. I understand you didn't uh, you didn't write in your journal today. You know, I'm going to have to talk some business here. Hey, you. Hey, exactly. No, I I don't think that would go over very well. But no, you never you know. Never maybe, know. Maybe, maybe in some circles that might be the, you know, the, the, the hey, you talking to me coach, you know. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. I grew up in Montreal, but people think I often um, live in New York. And so I can I can I can muster that up if need be. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so, so, so journey from Montreal. How do you wind up? You're you're down. Uh, I'm in Toronto. You, oh, you're in Toronto. Right. Oh, okay. I actually didn't realize where you were. Where you were. I'm a Canadian. Eh. Eh. 
<laughs> that's not how you use A. You, you, you use A when you're asking a question, like, it's cold, eh? Oh. Like that. Oh, okay, no problem. That's great. You're my second uh, Canadian uh, coach on the show so far. Awesome. So we're starting a trend. So, uh, so what's, what, is, um, um, what are some of the kinds of beliefs that get in the way of performance and results? Well, you know, when you start to uncover them, you know, people hold on to their beliefs, but a lot of people believe that um, things should be done a certain way because that's how they were brought up. People believe that, um, that what they see before them is the truth or a truth that they need to pay attention to. And then they need to uh, not walk away from or not uh, put their head in the sand about. People believe perhaps that they're not as good as other people. They believe that they're not worthy. They believe that they're not smart enough or good-looking enough. They believe that um, if they take an action, that it will bother other people or that they won't necessarily get approval. Now, we're digging deep to get at those beliefs, and they might not appear at first glance, but they exist. And they're common, and they're repetitive in a variety of situations and among different people. But that's a sample of the different beliefs that I encounter. You, you've run just now uh, quite a number of beliefs that I think are very, very common that come up all the time. Right. Right. And I can certainly relate to. Well, a lot of people get stuck when they think that something can't be done because it's never been done before or that um, they get stuck because uh, they, they look at their current situation and can't find a way out. Right? And their belief is that if it's the way it is now, uh, what is going to be required to get out is too big a feat to get there. And so that slows them down. So, so what, what are some of the ways that you help people get through that? Well, the principles that we use when we coach, we have one very, very strong and basic principle, and it's what you focus on grows. And so that the way that you think about anything and your attention to anything expands the more you pay attention to it. So what we try to do is we try to identify what it is that people are paying attention to, focusing on, and, and putting energy into. And we catch them often putting energy into the things that they don't really want for themselves. And so we teach them the, 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 the skill, you could say, of, of changing their thoughts towards what it is that they do want. Now, this requires effort. Okay? It's not physical effort. It's not you know, lifting weights effort, but it's mental effort. And so we teach them that the most important effort is mental effort. And when they're not choosing the direction of their thoughts consciously, they're, they're behaving in lazy ways. They're thinking in a lazy way. And we want people to behave or think in a conscientious manner. And so we teach people to do that. We teach people to catch themselves when their thoughts fall far, far, far away from what it is that they really, really want. And your principal way of doing that is through the journaling? Right. Well, see, here it is. So I can talk to you and I could say, here's what I think about you, Andrew. And you might say, well, you know, who the heck is she? She doesn't know anything about me. And, and that's true because we may have just met and we may have only spent an hour together. But after you've journaled for a whole week and I can see your thoughts and your beliefs, all I have to do is say, hey, Andrew, take a look at what you've written. Here are your beliefs. They're written down. You've, you've said them. You've stated them. And when you can see them visually for yourself, all you can say is, holy smokes, I didn't know that. 
And if that's what I'm breeding, I need to change it. And so the visual aspect is huge. It's, it's absolutely um, kind of enlightening and awe-inspiring to see that that's what you're creating. And that's part of the journaling. So from my perspective, any coach who tries to coach without a journal is like a doctor or, or is like a patient who goes to a doctor with a broken bone and the doctor doesn't use an x-ray machine. You need the, you need the journal to see what's going on behind the scenes. So in, now in your journaling, uh, I haven't seen your, your program used. I, I took a look at the website for it. Um, what, what are the, do you have a, a, a structure for somebody to journal? Yes. So every because it's a 10-week coaching cycle, every week they get a homework assignment. We call it a homework assignment. But basically what that is is here's what I want you to focus on in your journaling this week. And we, use, and we do it for a week so we can establish patterns. So the focus doesn't change from day to day. We go for a week. So we ask them to pay attention to in their journaling one specific aspect. And the lay of that, the lay of the land, the assignments as they unfold, allow us to see their attitudes, their perspectives around a variety of subjects. And so we're able to un, uh, unveil those thinking patterns and beliefs. Can you uh, give me an example of like a typical journal request that you that you have? Like, I, let's say I started journaling with you today. What would be something the first one? Sure. The first one always, because we have a variety of coaching programs, a variety of like 10-week focuses, but the first one is always, always, always monitor your mood. Why do we do that? Because we want to try to get an understanding of what triggers you to be happy, what triggers you to not be happy, what triggers you to be agitated, what triggers you to feel proud of yourself, and what triggers you to feel disappointed. So we want to understand the triggers, because those triggers, behind the triggers are the beliefs. Great. So, so then the question would be what exactly? So the the the, the assignment would be yeah. uh, for this week: monitor your mood, pay attention to the way you feel, and pay attention to the events that cause you to feel the way that you do. I'm I'm just kind of I don't have the exact. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be exact word yeah, for word, but, but that's generally what it is. So we want people to start becoming more conscious of the way they feel. Why? Because the way you feel is a function of the way you think. And if you notice that you're feeling bad and we start to create a link between the way you feel and the thinking that resulted in that feeling, then now all of a sudden your awareness increases your muscle capacity where your mind is, is concerned. Very cool. It is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So in, in some ways it sounds like it, this could touch into some areas that might not be traditional for coaches to get into that are almost more in the realm of uh, of a therapeutic arena. Would you agree or disagree with that? Well, it's certainly not psycho like it's not somebody it's not therapy. No, it's, it's not, not therapy, ther but there's some yeah. some things that um that might not be the usual thing for somebody to be aware of unless they were specifically trained in it. You know what? I guess the closest thing that I could relate it to is cognitive psychology. And basically, you know, what we're doing is we're not so much interested in the past. So they're not sitting on a couch telling us their life story. The only purpose we need for that is to identify the recurring themes, to say, okay, here are your recurring themes. They haven't worked for you. Where are we going now? So it's very future-focused, very, very future-focused. 
um, because what we're trying to do is change the pattern, change that habit that they're into for years and years and years. So it's really almost a, a behavioral switch, but the behavioral switch is with a thinking pattern rather than a doing pattern that we're trying to achieve. Okay, so you so you first deal with the thinking pattern, but w- what about the doing? Or what's the kind the of doing action? follows? The doing simply follows. I'll I'll give you a perfect example. I was on a call today, and uh, a woman was talking about cold calling and how she's uncomfortable with it because she feels like she's bothering people. So that's the belief that she has. And so in talking to her, the conversation went like this: Is what you're offering a value? Does is it possible that what you're offering can open up someone's world and change their whole entire you know, uh, career and, and future? And she said, absolutely, yes. And is it true that for some people it might be bothering them? Yes. So those are two truths that are on the table. And she can choose which, which of those truths she wants to focus on. So we help her to understand that just because two truths are available, she doesn't need to hold on to one and let go of the other. She can choose otherwise. So it's a conscious decision that she makes. Right? And the minute she focuses on the opening up somebody's world, she's not so concerned about bothering people. And guess what? When she's not so concerned about bothering people, she bothers a lot less people. In fact, more and more people start to invite her in and want to hear what she has to say. So that's the way it works. So the doing follows. Once she pays attention to the right truth, her actions just follow naturally. Nice. So one of the, uh, a phrase I've heard many, many times is that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. And I know that's an, sort of an aphorism. Uh, what, what would you say is the truth about that? Um, I, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you a funny and interesting story. Um, I, I'm Jewish. So I uh, was in synagogue a few weeks back, and the synagogue is uh, very loose. So the, the rabbi wears Birkenstocks and plays the guitar. And uh, this one service that I went to was very, very relaxed and and really, really lovely. And at the end of it, a group of us started to chat. And one of my friends who was there is going through uh, cancer and uh, you know all the rigors of of that experience. And she said, you know, um, it was such a beautiful service, but the minute I go home, it leaves me, and I blow up, and I'm tense, and I'm agitated, and you know, I, I start kind of howling at everybody, and. And we were just talking about how do you keep that feeling going on over an extended period of time? How do you, if you're in a place where you're feeling really great, how do you carry it forward? And and I said, you know, if presumably, and this is not meant to be religious by any stretch of the imagination, but presumably if you know that what God wants you to do, how do you just continue doing it? And I thought to myself, you know what, it would be really, really cool if all I did was put a little G on my hand. A and G on your hand? G, G for God, right? Okay, that's what you meant. Yeah. Right. It could be any letter. It could be I for me or K for Kim. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what sure. letter it is. But if I write a little letter on my hand to remind myself that this is the way that I want to feel, this is the way I want my disposition to be, this is what I want my focus to be on. So that day I went home and I wrote a little G and I have five kids and we all kind of sat around that day and watched a movie. You may have heard of the movie Weekend at Bernie's. It's a movie about, it's a comedy about a dead guy. Well, that, that night my daughter kind of got freaked out with the dead guy. She's like, Mom, that dead guy really, really scared me. And what happens if he jumps out of my closet? And I said, well, he's not going to jump out of your closet. Let's open your closet and see. And, you know, I said, anyways, God's watching over you. 
there, there are no worries. She said, well, how do I know? I don't see God. I said, you know what? Do what I do. Put a little G on your hand. And I put a little G on her hand, and she somehow just went to bed and felt okay about it. The next day, I forgot about the G, and I got up, and I took a shower, and I noticed that the G on my hand had faded. So what did I need to do? I needed to reapply. So I took my permanent marker, and I rewrote the G. But so the answer to your question about the 21 days, you have to reapply daily. So I don't know about 21 days. I don't know about 30 days. I don't know about 35 days. I know that it's a decision that you make every single day to reapply, and that's conscious, and it's, um, it requires discipline. And if all we did was think about discipline of thought rather than discipline of doing and make life really, really hard, our lives would become a lot easier. So it's just a little story, that's but the story. truth is if we reapply every day, things start to open up for us. And we reapply every day until it becomes something that you do without having to think about it. Exactly, exactly. But even permanent marker fades, right? Mm. Even tattoos fade, they say. Exactly, even tattoos fade. So, you know, it's, it's an action that you take with your consciousness to say, I'm going to reapply. So that's a good, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a good motto. Analogy. No, good motto of I'm going to reapply. That's like a good repetitive statement in in and of itself. I'm to, to take on on the things that I do every day. I'm going to reapply today. Right. Right. Those things it, that that are working that I that I've decided are going to work for me that I want to take on. I'm right. reapplying today. Right. So most people, when they think about discipline, they or when they think about you know, what is it that you want to achieve and how, should I, how, how do you think you should go about it? Well, if I only woke up earlier, if I only work, worked a little harder, if I only focused a little more, if I only, you know, fit more into my day, if I only cut out, you know, all those extras that I'm doing. And what does that sound like? Does that sound like fun? Sounds like a really bad version of the Wizard of Oz song. <laughs> right. It sounds like misery. And so all I ask people to do is reapply their decision to focus in the right places, right? To focus on what you want to have expanding in your life. That's it. That's all. The rest will follow. And it'll be easy and it'll be fun and it won't feel like hard, hard, hard work. You know, this is, you know, last week I had a law of attraction coach on and this uh, is really at the heart of the law of attraction. Uh, one sort of an aspect of it is, you know, what you focus on is what, you know, what you think, what you think about comes about. Right. Here's here's the thing, and I'm a big I'm a big kind of follower of the law of attraction. Except a lot of people say, "How do you do that? How do you do the law of attraction?" The truth of the matter is that every one of us has about sixty thousand thoughts a day, and we're not even sure what those thoughts are. We can't keep up, and so there's no conscious awareness of what we are paying attention to, and what we're focusing on, and what we are. Um, a breeding, what we're growing, what we're planting and harvesting. Very, very difficult for us to be aware of that. The journaling allows us to have a greater degree of consciousness about what, what is brewing in our minds primarily. And so at least having the awareness allows us to change our direction. So how, do, how would you compare journaling to, say, blogging? Uh, you know what? Blogging has a public aspect to it. So you're blogging and you have something to say that is uh, for public consumption. 
journaling is not for public con- consumption. Journaling is for private consumption. Per- it's not even for consumption. It's for release. But there's a very different purpose and a very different flavor to journaling as opposed to blogging. And uh, there's an element where when you're journaling, what you're doing is you're accessing your inner wisdom. You know what you're supposed to be doing, and you know what's right for you, except that we can't hear ourselves very often or, very, or loud enough. And so when you journal, it's like getting quiet with you and hearing what you really have to say. Blogging is not that way. Blogging kind of started out that way, except for there was the idea that you would write your thoughts and then kind of share them. Back in right. the, originally, the early blogs. Right. I wrote, a, when I, in 2000, I did a program called Body for Life. It was a fitness program. Right, I heard of that. It was a popular program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took it on. But they didn't even have blogs yet. I, I created an online journal that I wrote in almost every day. To, this was you know, exactly what I was doing. What, what did I eat today? What are my, my wins, my not-so-great things? I went to the gym. I didn't go to the gym. And um, I really did it, not with the idea that anybody would look at it, but the idea that because it was out there and somebody could look at it, it was sort of a contract that I had with everybody. Right. It's a contract that you had with everybody, uh, but you had to perform to some degree. Journaling is not about performing. Mm. So if you're interested in taking a look at what that might look like, we offer free journaling on our site. You do? And anyone can go up there and journal. Now, no coach is going to go through it with you unless you hire a coach, but you're welcome to journal. There are a whole bunch of people who are journaling. Most of them journal privately. Some of them journal publicly. And even that is not like a blog because what's happening is they're journaling to the assignments that they're given, and they permit other people to comment on their journals, but it's really journaling. Um, so www.frameofmindcoaching.com, and you can get a free journal right there. Wow, that's great. I, you know what I'm doing right after we uh, end the show, don't you? You're going to go sign up. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Let me ask you a question. Sure. You help people from the corporate world transition into the world of uh, entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, business ownership, doing their own thingership. Okay, perfect. So you probably come across a lot of people who are uncomfortable with that transition. They're not familiar with being an entrepreneur when they, you know, they've done most of their work in the corporate sector. And so they come across or they bump up against many, many beliefs that slow them down. Absolutely. Okay, so it's common for you. And probably you're dealing with them. It would, it, you would have a much faster experience if you could unveil those beliefs quickly I and help agree. them to see what it is that they're grappling with. Help them to see and help me to see it faster. Sure. 100%. So I can see that this is definitely a, a great tool. Oh, it's a phenomenal tool. It's a phenomenal tool for a coach to use when they're coaching, and it's a phenomenal tool for a person to use without a coach. Either way, journaling, I would say it's probably the most powerful idea of the decade. If you do say so yourself. If I do say so myself. <laughs> well, there's, there's I mean, I didn't, inv- I didn't invent journaling by myself. Right. I'm just using it. Well, but you invented this uh, program. 
I invented this. I basically, I took what was out there and applied it in this very specific way. But it existed. If you look at the people who have been very, very, very successful in their lives, look at people like Oprah, Bill Gates, uh, you know, so many presidents have journals that they've kept over the years. Why are they, what, what, let's look at a different aspect of journaling. What does a journal do? It helps you to design and create the vision of what you want for yourself. That's what it does. Could you and when repeat you have that? that? I'd like you to repeat that. If that that's worth repeating. Oh, that's worth repeating? Yeah. That a journal helps you to create and design your vision for yourself. Awesome. Right? And once again, that's another demonstration of when you're writing it down, what are you focusing on? You're focusing on what you want to have expanding in your experience. Whatever you focus on grows. And, you know, I, 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 I hear so many people who are, are um, resistant to writing it down. They don't want to write their goal. Oh, I don't need to write my goal. I know what I want, they say. Yeah, they know what they want, and that's fine that they know what they want, and the writing it down part helps them to crystallize their vision. Exactly. Right? And writing it down and you know, committing it to paper is what makes it real, what makes it, that starts the process of reality. Right, and it's tangible, so you can go back and see it again and again and again and again. You know, what, what, how do you see the difference, though, between... Now, I, I'm, I'm a completely a computer guy. I actually have I've come to the point where I could barely do more than write my signature. Right. You know, I, I can type about 120 words a minute. I could write about, I don't know, five words a minute. Right. But there are some people who only like to write, handwrite in a journal. What, is there any difference? Um, you know what? I do both, personally. I do both. And uh, is there a difference? There's no difference. The idea is to get your thoughts out. So a lot of people ask me, you know, well, how should I journal? If I'm not using a coach, what's the best way to journal? And I have a formula for them. It doesn't matter if it's online or on paper. It doesn't matter whatever you're comfortable with. Some people like to take their little journal with them everywhere they go as opposed to a computer, which isn't always accessible. But here's the formula. Dump, dump, and then dump the dump. So what does that mean? It means if stuff's on your mind, if stuff is bothering you, if you, you're agitated by whatever it is that you're agitated with, write it down. And when you think you're done, write it down some more. And then when you're done all the writing it down, go back, reread it, and then write these words down. Okay, it's time to turn myself around. And then start to focus and write down what it is that you want from here on in. It might be a list of things that you want. It might be... Uh, a feeling that you want. It might be an experience that you want, or it might be an experience that you want to shed and be free of. But whatever it is, you want to focus on what it is that you want to have, feel, experience, see in your life. So you're just not just writing about what happened, but you're writing about what, what you're willing what's going to happen. Exactly. That's exactly correct. You're creating the idea of what you want for yourself. And if you want to go one step further, if you write it as though it's already happened, it's even more powerful. Like a, like a positive affirmation or self-talk. Well, you know, as if you're looking back on it rather than looking forward on it. I, I am the president. 
Well, okay, so let's talk about those affirmations that all coaches tell people to do, sure. right? I'm not a big affirmation fan. Why? Because if it's, you just use the perfect one, right? So if I stand in the mirror and go, I am the president of the United States, in the back of my head, and I could say that a million times, in the back of my head, I could, what's happening is I'm going, who am I kidding? Right? Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. So what we want to do is create thoughts that are believable one step at a time so that they're climbing this ladder of belief from a better belief to a better belief to a better belief to a better belief, but ones where they don't go in the back of their minds, this is a bunch of BS. I actually got that last one from my friend Barack. Okay. (laughs) Barack Rabinowitz, but still his name is Rabinowitz. There you go. (laughs) So, Kim, guess what? Tell me. We have like a bunch of people who are who have called into the switchboard, which cool. means we might actually have somebody willing to post a question. That would be great. I'm going to take somebody at random, and you know this may or may that somebody may maybe noise in the other line, or it might be somebody ready to talk. So, let's see who's online here. Let's see now. Have to wait for this thing to to click in. Hello. Hello. Hi. What's your name? Patrick. Hey, Patrick. How are you? Excellent. So, Patrick, do you have a question? Hi, Pat. Uh, hi, Kim. How are you? Oh, I, uh, I, I, I smell a fix, but go on, Patrick. What's that? <laughs> uh, hi. What's your question for, for Kim? Well, I just uh, I beeped in to say I will, I'm a coaching student. And I'm actually going to, to meet Kim for my first time. I'm from New Jersey, but I'm going to be meeting Kim uh, next month. And uh, I got an email that she would be on the show, so I'm, I'm still at work, actually. Thank the good Lord for that. And uh, I, I, I just was listening, and I just hit number one, just for the, the fun of it. <laughs> All right. Hey, Pat, Pat yeah. tell your story. Tell my story. Well, the story... Uh, I'll tell you real quick. I get I have a, a, a broker friend of mine, a couple of towns away, and he tells me about this coaching service. And all my all my friends are like, "Oh, I can't stand the coaching." You know, you got to jam like one hour before the coaching call and make sure that not my coaching, other coaching, yeah, other coaching. Excuse right. me. And he and he said, uh, "What do you?" Because he was asking me why I was going to take this coaching course. And I said, oh, "A friend, a friend of mine told me about it." So, I listen to. Uh, I go into Kim's. Uh, what is that, Kim? A webinar or a coaching seminar? Call a seminar, yeah. So it just struck with me. So uh, I called and she spoke to me, and this is this is wild. But she says, she said, Pat, she said, put your seatbelt on. She said, this is going to be a really good ride. She and and I was like bewildered, and she said, I can tell by your voice. And that was it. She said, I'll, I'll talk to you Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And then I did the 10-week course. Uh, this show's not long enough to tell you how it changed my life. But mm. it was it was absolutely phenomenal. And at different weeks, you know, different things hit different clients. But for me, Ken, could you say it was the first week? The first week. The first week. And uh, so I just wanted to get on the phone, and I wanted to say if, if, if coaching is – uh, for me, it was absolutely uh, – it changed my whole life around from how I look at myself to how I do my business to how I treat my friends and family. And 
it's just not about cold calling or anything like that. This coaching is completely different. And uh, as far as Pat's a guy, Pat's a guy who used to go to church every single day to to repent for his sins. Yeah, I was a sinner. <laughs> and now Pat goes to church every day to to, to to joy, to praise God. Like it's it's completely different now. To rejoice. Right. Yeah. But but and, Pat, do you do you put a G on your hand? Yeah, I, you can say I have a G in my hand. All right. <laughs> Pat Pat is the probably the quintessential G man that I know. Am he I, he. When he speaks, he oh he he's like overflowing with with G, you could say. <laughs> and there's no and the funny thing is the coaching has nothing to do with religion at all, right, Pat? No, it had nothing to do. It just how how I look at things and how I look at myself and right. how you have to take care of yourself. Wow, that's right. terrific. Wow, thanks, Pat. I really okay. appreciate you calling in. Okay, thanks for having me. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold there. And okay, let's see. Shall we take another one? Try it. Let's get a question this time. Uh, let's see, hope for a question. All right. Whoever's in area code six six oh two, you're next. <laughs> I'll give a little bit of a second of warning. Hello, are you with us? Hello. Oh, we got a shy one. Okay, let's try another one. This is actually this is the first time I've had a full switchboard, by the way, so you it means you're popular. I'm popular. I have a fan base. You have a fan base. And I'm amazed that the first person you chose was Pat. He's probably my biggest fan. You know what Pat does? He writes letters to Oprah regularly. Really? Yeah. Does she respond? Not yet. We're still working on it. I think he should write to a Stedman. Oh, maybe. That might be the way in. Pat, if you if you if you heard that, then there's your in. <laughs> there's your in. Okay, let's see who's on. This next try. Hello, do you have a question for Kim? You might not realize you're on on air seven seven three area code. Going once. Okay. Another shy one. Sometimes we get people who are they just they're just calling in to listen because you can also right. do that on the show. All right, this is, I'm going to try one more, and then uh, we'll go back to just you and me. Let's see, who do we have in the um, – let's try this one. That's you. No, that's not you. Hello. Hello. Hi, do you have a question for Kim? Oh, yeah, hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Welcome to um, the show. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm Crystal from New Hi, York. Crystal. Hi, how you doing? Good. And um, I actually just signed up for the Freedom of Mind Coaching myself as well. <laughs> Wonderful. So Hi, it, Crystal. Hi, how you doing? Good. So my question for you, Kim, is what was the motivating factor that started you on this path? That's a great question. I'll tell you there were a bunch of things. Um, I am a, I'm an entrepreneur through and through. So before I started this frame of mind coaching business, I used to own a software company. We used to build assessments for evaluating people's uh, skills, their selling skills, their IQ, and their personality. And what we wanted to do was try to help companies identify, you know, what are the characteristics of a top performer. And after uh, testing out many, 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 many people, what we discovered was that there was one key uh, component that 
really, really differentiated top performers from other people, and that was their degree of emotional resilience. So that was one part of the story. So people who can bounce back from adversity faster uh, tend to succeed. So life happens to all of us, and you know we get knocked over quite a bit. And those people who can stand up again quickly and strongly are those people who thrive in, in the long run. Well, I had my own adversity. Uh, after 15 years of marriage, I got divorced. And boy, was knocked over. And what did I do kind of to help myself just keep my head above water and stop myself from, from drowning is that I journaled every day, every day, maybe three, four, five times a day just to keep myself um, probably sane, but uh, just to keep myself feeling okay, keep myself feeling like I could handle what was in front of me. And so those two components together, uh, there came a point where I, I said, you know what, there are lots and lots of coaching companies out there that teach people what to do, but most people know what to do. It's not, that, it's not the problem of knowing what to do. The issue is even though they know what to do, they still don't do it, kind of like weight loss, right? We know the formula for weight loss. The formula is uh, burn more than you ingest. We know that it's pretty easy, still people have a hard time doing it. Why? Because something in their mind stops them from achieving the goals they set, set out to achieve. So if we could help them understand the relationships between their thinking and their results, then we could help move people to places. We don't have to teach them what to do. They're smart, they're intelligent, they have the resources around them to figure it out. That's not the issue. The issue is this mental block that people have. I don't need to hold somebody's hand as they exercise in order to have them lose weight. But what I do need to do is help them see what's stopping them from going to do it. And so it's the same principles that apply. So I put these elements together. I put the element of emotional resilience together with this whole idea of journaling that really, really helped me just recover from a, a really difficult time in my life. And and at first it was an experiment. And to be completely honest, the first time I coached anybody, I thought, what am I going to talk about for an hour? Um, in order for me to handle that, I'll coach a group of people so that way they'll all talk and I won't have to, you know, I won't have to worry about what to say next. And uh, from that, it just kind of expanded and uh, I discovered I had a natural ability to coach and, and it came easier and easier and easier and people started to really start shifting the, their experiences as a result of journaling and coaching and just being able to see what the heck they were doing with their thinking. So that's the history. That's my history, Crystal. Wow. That, that's pretty intense because I can tell you that I was raised my whole life not to ever write anything down. Really? Why is that? Well, I, my mom came from a belief system, I, I found out later, um, of her diary being taken by her mom and all her innermost thoughts being sort of revealed. So she raised me from very small to not write anything down. She told me, you know, whatever you can't say to me or to God, then basically you just keep in your heart, but never write it down. Right. And, and so actually, just actually starting on this, this quest, I'll call it, to challenge that belief system has been really eye-opening for myself. Well, you know, you know, that's a very, very interesting thing that you said. I'm sure so many people have the same fear of, of being caught. Like, I don't want to write in a diary. What if somebody finds it? And it's very interesting because imagine how many years you're spending living your life afraid to really express what you think and feel. Right. 
right? And so many people live that way. Why? Because they believe if they express what they think and feel truly, truly, they might hurt someone or they might ruin a relationship or they might reveal something terrible about themselves that they don't want anybody to know on and on and on and on. And this is how we live. We're afraid to live being who we really are. Right? And what are we doing? We're shutting ourselves down. And we're wondering why we're not achieving our goals. We're wondering why we're not feeling good about ourselves and we're not thriving. If we're not feeling good about ourselves, you know, forget it. Game over. We can't achieve our goals. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. It's funny because when I was growing up, I used to feel bad for people who journaled. I was like, oh, poor thing. they got to write their feelings down. Right. When I look at myself now, I really look and say, well, I was the one that, really should have received a little bit of pity because I was trapped. Right, 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 right. And here's the thing is nobody has to see it. And the cool thing about this online concept is it's password protected, kind of like doing your banking online, right? So if you want people to see it, great. If you don't want people to see it, no problem also. You get to choose. And this is the whole thing about coaching is you get to choose. You get to choose everything. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Andrew, you know, you're a coach. So many people don't choose. They wait for other people to choose. Absolutely. Well, Crystal, I'm curious as to uh, how, how did you come across Kim as a coach? Because it's very interesting. We have uh, New York on the phone, had New Jersey, <laughs> and Kim's in Canada. And Kim was unknown to me before uh, somebody brought me to her attention for the show. And uh, great Guest, by the way, Kim. I really appreciate you being here. So, uh, Chris, how did you uh, come across Kim? Well, the way that I came across Kim is um, I'm actually in real estate, and I actually have a coach on the job, and I really have come to a point where I'm stuck. And she really encouraged me to really start journaling, and she saw the resistance. Like I would start and I would stop. And she says, um, actually not too long ago, she says, have you heard of Frame of Mind Coaching? And I was like, no. She says, I'm going to send you the link, and why don't you start there? And she says, I've listened to um, some of the calls, and I found them very interesting. And she says, they may contact you. And she left it at at that. She didn't say anything else. And so she did send me the link, and I kind of hesitated, and I clicked on, and that brought me into the world of Kim. And I'm really thankful for that. And I want to just, you know, say Monique Van Grimson was the one who – (laughs) Let me know about uh, Frame of Mind Coaching and Kim. Okay, great. Thanks. Thank you very much, Crystal, for the call. I'm going to put you you back on uh, on hold here. Thanks, Crystal. All right. Okay. Wow. So uh, I have to tell you, Kim, this is the first show that I've done where the switchboards have been jammed. That's cool. It's very cool. Uh, You know, I get get, uh, six lines, actually, including, including you. So I have five, five lines. I've never had them all filled up at the same time. Well, here's what happened is because, you know, you and I got together kind of at, at the last minute, which was really cool. I love the way the world works. And I just sent out an email to, to all the people who are on the Frame of Mind coaching site who are active journalers. And I said, hey, guess what happened? We just, I just got invited to do this show. And if you guys are up and around, come and join us on the call and ask questions if you can. We love questions. And that's what I did. I just sent out a quick email. And so we've got a, a few people on who are uh, excited to be here. 
That's really cool. So now I, I know you also have a background involving real estate. So what what what's what is that? What's that? Well, the, as I was describing before, we built uh, one particular assessment. We built assessments for many different industries, but the one that really, really took off was called the Real Estate Simulator. And basically, it was an assessment tool that allowed people to determine whether or not they would be suitable for real estate sales. So they would um, play the role of a real estate agent and interact with virtual clients who are interested in buying or selling property. And as they went through that process, their actions would be tracked and then compared with top performers. And so that's my experience in real estate. I've never actually sold real estate, but I've had a lot of, a, most of, a good chunk of my clients come from the real estate industry. Not exclusively, they come from all over now, a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, but historically they come from real estate. Well, that actually is making me think of since you have you you had this assessment uh would you agree that those people who were quote unquote not suited for uh real estate according to the test results could they could that result change with coaching oh a hundred percent hundred percent you know how many brokers hire real estate agents and say i can't tell which ones are going to succeed and which ones don't i go you know, i bring them in for the interview they say all the right things and then they don't do anything they don't do what they say that they were going to do and again it's that doing element that falls down right mm-hmm. yeah so why is that it's because something in their head gets stuck so with coaching we move that out of the way and they go back to to, to going for their dreams you know that you can walk into a place and get an assessment like that, and it might be that you you don't even know how you're answering it. You're you're trying. Maybe you think you're trying to tailor the answers, or right. maybe it's not even accurate at all. I I when I was um, in college or just after college, I walked into an office in of a prudential uh, insurance office. The idea of uh, this sounds like a good possibility of a job. That was um, a little bit of salary. There was commission. It, I have no idea if this is anything for me. As well, you're gonna have to take this. T- and they, they, they had a great interview. Oh, you sound great, but you know you're gonna have to take this assessment. And uh, but oh, I'm sure that's gonna be no no problem. And uh, looking forward to starting with you. And I took this assessment and I said, sorry, you're just not suited. There you go. And uh, you know I was told this, and of course that became a, a, a reality. That was true, right? Because they told right. me it was. I, there was a test score that proved I couldn't possibly succeed in that business. There you go. There you go. And basically what that assessment did was just look at a variety of different uh, skill sets and characteristics of a person. So their ability to build rapport, their ability to close, uh, their degree of uh, not only emotional resilience, but their you know their degree of confidence, their degree of... Uh, ability to navigate a sale, those kinds of things. And I wonder what might have happened if, it, or might, what might happen in a situation like that if they say, well, you know, your initial results uh, may not, this may or may not be the right thing for you, but we do have a, a, a coaching program for somebody who believes that this could be the right thing for them. And right. if you go through that, uh, right. that might change the outcome for you. And here's what happens, right? So many, many uh, organizations do exactly that. We have a coaching program, and what do they do? They teach them how to sell real estate. So these are the things you need to do, step A, step B, step C, and they teach them the how-tos, and they miss the thinking component. They miss the beliefs. 
And the belief is everything. Exactly. It's everything. That's why there's in real estate in particular, there's so many coaching companies that teach people how to sell real estate. And there's no longevity to those coaching uh, contracts. And even though they coach, they're successful during the few weeks that they're coaching, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last. And that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we're interested in. We're interested in teaching people fundamental skills about how to orient their thinking, how to, how, to, how to pay attention to what it is that you want in your life rather than what's not going right. You know, you know, Kim, I have a great story for you around belief and how belief can determine what you can or cannot do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some years ago, in fact, it was 19, um, 1987 or 19, I believe in 1987, I went, to, um, I went skiing for the first time in my life in New Hampshire. And I had I'd never been skiing. I ha, I had a I had done some skating in college, and I did a lot of biking. So I had really good legs, and and I took to it pretty well. I, I started out on the bunny slope with a friend of mine, and then after we did a couple of runs on the bunny slope, the instructor came and said, oh, you know, you guys, uh, you don't need this. You could you you guys are cleared to do whatever you want to do. You you can go anywhere anywhere on the slopes. Again, I'd never been skiing. I knew nothing about skiing other than what I learned that day, or what I saw on TV. And uh, did a, I did a run and was very successful. And then I'm with my friend. I said, oh, this looks interesting, Black Diamond. I have guitar strings called Black Diamond. This, this sounds like it must be fun. <laughs> so, uh, okay, yeah, let's do this one. So I went down the Black Diamond. And I, you know, it must have been 100 miles an hour. I'm making it up. But it was down. I mean, it's so fast and it was exhilarating. And I felt like, wow, this is the most fun thing I've ever done. <laughs> and then I ran into my, the, my friends from New Hampshire who had invited us and um, I said, oh, where have you guys been? I said, well, we just did this Black Diamond hill. Black Diamond, are you kidding me? You can't do it. You could have gotten killed. What's wrong? Oh, my God. I said, you can't do that. That's, that's impossible. Okay, now I have this new thought. The thought is I can't do a Black Diamond because that's something that you know professionals do. I mean, I, I could get killed. Right, but it, I didn't re- recognize at the moment that that thought was there. But I said, "Oh, okay. Well, we're going to do it again." So we did the hill again. Now, with a new thought, I fell about every five feet. There you go. Until they finally had to come. You know, hey guys, uh, guys, you know, the, with the with the dog on the sled. You know, I said, guys, you know, it's the end of the day. We're about to close the ski lift, so we're going to you're going to have to help you get get out of here. Well, this is this is a great point because what you're bringing up is the question of where do we get our beliefs from? Where do we get our thoughts from? Mm-hmm. And, and we are infused with other people's beliefs and other people's thoughts and other people's habits of thinking all the time. And so we have to screen. We have to pay attention to what we're letting in and what we're letting pass by. So a lot of people think that, well, our thoughts are our thoughts and we own our thoughts and that's the way it is. It's not the truth. Our thoughts are like clouds. You can let them just go by. Right? We can choose the ones that we take on. And we have to be very, very scrupulous about what we're allowing in and what we're focusing on and what we're taking on as our own. Absolutely. So that also means that the things that we, we let in, the things that we read, the things that we expose ourselves to, the people we, we, we spend who are around us. Sure, absolutely, 100%. And at the same time, even if we're spending time with someone who doesn't necessarily infuse us with good things, we have to be conscious of it and allow whatever they're spewing to just float by. And that requires mental discipline as well. 
You know, it could be your brother. You're not going to just, you know, disown your brother, for example, right? You're, you're going to understand what it is. You're going to position it carefully, and you're going to be okay with it and not take it on. Right? So some people say, well, just cut it all out. Well, there's some things that are difficult to cut out. So rather than cutting it out, understand what it is and decide what you want to do with it first. Rather than being an innocent bystander and just taking what comes your way, you don't have to do that anymore. Right. So you have to decide how things are going to affect you or not affect you and just let, right. them, exactly. let you be the guide. Exactly. Exactly. So, Kim, we are actually winding down our show. We just have a few minutes left, believe it or not. Awesome. Awesome. So, let's uh, first of all, how do people find you? Tell, tell everybody how to find you. Well, best place to go is to go to frameofmindcoaching.com and, and sign up, and we're there. And then other than that, if they want to ask me a question personally, it's kim at frameofmindcoaching.com, or you can look me up on Facebook. I'm there, too. Uh, again, we have a Frame of Mind Coaching site or Kim Addis, one or the other, and it's A-D-E-S. And also, now, a lot of my listeners are also fellow coaches, so I, I I saw that you have uh, you offer the the um, the journaling program to coaches as a program. Yes, as a, we do. We license product. our yeah we license our journaling. It's called Journal Engine, and we license it out to other coaches who want to use it with their clients. And we train them not only in how to use the technology, but in how to use it in their coaching application. Because when you coach verbally, it's very, very different from coaching through a journal. And what you see in writing is different from what you hear uh, uh, audibly. And what you, how you respond has to be uh, very, very well thought out. And so it's a different process that most people aren't quite prepared for when, I mean, I tell you, I have coaches from South Africa and Japan and, and England, all kinds of places using this thing, and when they start to use it, they are shocked at the amount of information that they gather from their clients and how much people are willing to share and write. And then the question is, how do I deal with this? What do I respond to? They're giving me so much. How do I address it all? And, and what should I focus in on? And what should I pay attention to? And it's all coming at me all at once. And, you know, how do I use this for my coaching? So we teach people the, the I guess, the art of coaching with a journal. Awesome. Wow. Well, Kim, I want to thank you so very, very much for being on my show. Thank you for having me. It was a great experience. I learned uh, a lot from you today, which is, by the way, one of the, one of the things that I get out of doing this show is I learn so much from other coaches. And every week I feel like I'm shaped by the, the people I get to speak to, and you've given me quite a lot today. That means you've given our listeners quite a lot. Well, you're doing a great job, so thank you for having me on the call. My pleasure. So, uh, again, I invite everybody to uh, take a look at, at Kim's site, and you can find me, Andrew Poretz, on www.myfuturecoach.com. And tune in next week. My guest will be Elizabeth Joy Mueller. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great night.